and, uh, and I believe the Holy Spirit is going back and saying, hey, you really need to look at this stuff again because a lot of times we think we know it because uh, we've heard it so many times. And, uh, but then when you go back and start to study things yourself, you start to notice that something's wrong. Like that's not what the book is talking about. It's good to watch the movie, but have you ever talked to somebody that read the book and they tell you the book is so much better? You ever heard that before? The book is so much better. And I've been looking at the Holy Spirit and, and for years, you know, um, it's been uh, a thing where the evidence of the Holy Spirit is what? Speaking in tongues. But the more I've been praying, and uh, it's funny because, you know, Pastor Dave is like, you know, Brother Mark, you know, I've been praying for nine months, you know, twice a day. And I've been like, man, I know, but I've been praying over a year now, twice a day. And it's different now when I go to study. I don't know how it works. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I don't know how this stuff works. I don't know. All I know is that the Lord said that we should always pray and never faint. And I remember one time I was really tired. I, I think I explained this to you. I was telling my sister this. I was so tired. I came home and I felt extremely exhausted, extremely agitated. You ever get that way? You walk in the house. Nobody did nothing to you. <laughs> you know, nobody got on your nerves or anything like that. But you're extremely frustrated, agitated, beside yourself, and don't feel like being bothered. That ever happened? When you think about it, nobody inside saw you all day. So why you swole at them? And you want to go to your room and close the door and don't really want to be bothered. And I didn't feel like praying. I didn't feel like doing anything. It was weird because half of me felt this way, but the other half was all right. Weirdest thing ever happened in my life. The other half was okay. The other half started praying. But I was really dwelling with the other half over here because I was upset and angry and frustrated about things I didn't really know why. And it was really weird. But the other half that kept praying, kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. Because sometimes you're just praying. And uh, you don't realize that you're praying. You're cooking or you're fixing food or you're doing something. You just, you're just sitting there saying, you know, just talking to the Lord. And it occurred to me that, you know, man, I'm over here like, just, you know, we're two different people sometimes, you know. Don't know why. But the Lord spoke to me and he said, Mark, men should always pray and never quit. And something's trying to get you to quit. And that night I began to study, and that's when I started talking to you about uh, how the Lord just started giving me scriptures about uh, prayer. And when he started talking to me about my adversary, the devil. And, uh, you know, I like to study a little bit, I like the numbers and things like that. Uh, the podcast is called The Way 1870 because the way is the actual Hebrew number or the strongest concordance number for 1870. But you only, if you only study, you know what I'm talking about. You know that? <coughs> Preachers ask me, they say, why is it the way 1870? Like, is that an address? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a definite address, all right. You know, Jesus was called the way because he is the way, the truth, and the life. So the more we study, and when you get around different people that... Uh, if you're a chef or something like that, there's certain ingredients that are used in certain things. So the average person may look in your spice cabinet and they may see something and, and don't even know what it is and don't even think to ask you because it don't make no sense. But somebody who really cooks says, oh, I see you have spider eggs. And <laughs> people are like, what? spider eggs? Like, what does that got to do with anything? But it's this 
spice that only comes from India and is used in certain foods to bring a flavor out. But only if you're a chef would you know that. You learn that in school. You learn different spices. And only if you study. Only if you study. And only if you pray. Will somebody do something? And you say, oh, how, how long have you been in Scripture? Because Corinthia is right. There are people that tell me that they um, have been saved for 30 years, 40 years. And if you're around me, you know I'll always challenge you on Scripture. Sorry, I, it's just something inside of me. When I played ball, I, you know, we used to challenge each other as young men to see, were you in the weight room? Were you really about that life? Did you really understand anything? And uh, you realize right then and there that that individual is just a street ball player that they haven't been trained, don't really know much, got a lot of mouth. And Christians have a lot of mouth, but I, I noticed that they really don't study. And, uh, and if you hang around me, you really have to get in your word because I really have no problem challenging you on the word. I don't know why I'm like that. I just am. Uh, who are you? And why are you here in the first place? What are you here for? Because Jesus told the people that. He said, you're only here because I fed you. That's what God said to them. Because they weren't there to really get the true bread from heaven. All right? When Judas started rebuking um, Mary, remember she poured that anointing all over Jesus and said that should have been sold for 300 pence for the poor. He, was, he wasn't saying that because that's what he really felt in his heart. He was a thief. That's what the Bible says, that he was a thief and that he could have made a lot of money off of that. He sold Jesus down the drain. He would have sold that money down there too. It's just who he is. You know, he don't mean no harm by it. It's just that's who he is. And I talked to people and I was just talking with somebody last night and people are telling you the right things about how life should be until you begin to examine them by scripture. And when you examine somebody by the scripture, you realize that that person is lacking and when an individual is lacking, there's not anything I can do because I can't take, I think you were talking about being a student in a classroom and how the teacher has spent years learning. And here is a child that is so precious because the child is young enough to grasp things. And here you are with the knowledge and you want to give it to the child, but because of whatever's going on with the child, the child doesn't want to learn, you know, learn. The child despises learning. It despises discipline. It despises those things that are so important for its life. It thinks that it has life, but it doesn't have life. As a teacher, you're handicapped. There's really not much you can do. And you'll watch that child just go through life. You'll see them 10 or 20 years later. And, and what you feared is actually happening in that child's life because the child refuses to learn behavior that it's getting at home is the learned thing. It's not getting the substance that it needs in order to be successful in life. And there's a, the Bible says that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have great success. So I find that prayer takes you to study in God's word because you and I have to get the word right. We're praying the word back to God. And Jesus, if you know who he is, and I think the problem with believers today and why we don't see such a great move of God, because we don't know who he is. All right. 
and we don't know who the Holy Spirit is. So like I've been doing the past couple of weeks, I know we had a little break because of sickness and all that. But sometimes you have to ask yourself, do I have the Holy Spirit? Do I have the Holy Spirit operating in my life? And what is the true evidence of the Holy Spirit operating in my life? And I'm here to tell you that it's not tongues. And I have to be able to prove that according to scripture. You hear me? And people don't have to prove anything. I've had people tell me to my face, I don't have to prove it. I believe it. And that's all that it is. I said, that's not how the Bible works. That's all you keep saying. That's not how the Bible works. Jesus died according to the scriptures. They proved the first six to seven chapters of the book of Matthew. He is trying to prove to you who Jesus is according to scripture. It was so important for him to do that. Why was it important for him? But it's not important for any other believer on this planet today. I don't understand that. It's a problem I have. And I have that with belief. You just can't just say you know who he is and don't even understand his word. There's a problem. There's a disconnect to say that you're a mathematician. But I tell you to add up these numbers and you say, I don't know. And that's what's happening. You tell me you're an English major and I start talking to you about writing essays and about uh, punctuation marks and different things. You have no clue of what I'm talking about. That's literally what Christians are today. They die for what? Lack of knowledge and knowledge. It takes time for you to spend. You got to spend time with God. You got to spend time with God. Got to spend. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't even care about the mistakes you make. Because as quiet as it's kept, you're going to make mistakes. Corinthians taught us this morning that there's not going to be a perfect person on the planet. There's going to be areas in your life where we're all going to be like, okay, well, we're going, to, we're going to get through this together. Every single one of us has an area of our life. We all just say, well, don't worry about it, but let's just keep going. There's no one on the planet that does it. So looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, we got to understand some things about the word of God. But these people have started doctrines where you feel as though if you're not speaking in tongues, the spirit of God is not in your life. But I am here to tell you that the spirit of God has been here long before Acts chapter 2. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is what? One Lord. Not two, not three. The Holy Spirit was in the beginning. The Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. And I'm going to prove through Scripture today that the Holy Spirit been here for a very long time. And like I tell people, there is nobody from Matthew to Revelation ever studied the New Testament. They all studied what was written in the word of God and powerful things happened in their life. Do you hear me? They took down Jericho, not by reading the New Testament, but by reading what they believe was the scriptures. Jesus came in the volume of the book. It is written of him. Matthew and them study the same books as David and everybody else and powerful things happen in their life. The problem is we do not understand what the New Testament is saying. They tell you, first of all, that it's a New Testament, but it's not a New Testament. Amen? Amen. There's nothing new under the sun. If you read the New Testament, it'll tell you there is nothing new done under the sun. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever, is the same line they gave to 
uh, God our Father. He is the Lord our God. He changes not. If you listen to the words of Jesus, he said that he was, it was, he was with the Father long before the Father ever thought about creating this world. That's what he said. He said the glory you and I had long before this world, long before the Spirit of God was on the earth. He was with his Father. All right? Because he is God. And if you don't understand that, then I have a problem with you. All right. So back to Acts chapter two. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. I thank you for the prayers that have already went up. And uh, and I just thank you for those of us that are here. I thank you that everybody is making it through, that nobody in the church passed away from the covid and the Omicron and the, the Megatron. I don't know what it is. Lord. It might be Transformers attacking us. I don't know. But nobody passed away. Everybody's been healthy. Everybody has been uh rocking and rolling be with sister carolyn who was sick this morning everybody that who didn't get a chance to make it be with super c i was hoping to see her today uh just have your way with us this morning lord god i, I believe that you've already forgiven us of our sins uh continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness there is nobody in here that is better than anybody all of us are jacked up some way but your grace your grace and your mercy allows us to be in your presence today. So Holy Spirit, we need you this morning. I pray that you would take the message that is going forth because I believe it's so important for us to understand, Holy Spirit, who you are, what you are doing in our lives, and that way we can determine whether or not you're even operating in our life. So we love you, Holy Spirit. Have your way this morning, please. I pray that you would pour yourself out into us where our cups run over, into our family, into our neighbors, into our co-workers, into anybody that we run into. Have your way, Holy Spirit, this morning in Jesus' name. So Acts chapter 2, if you're back there again, it says here uh, in verse 12 of Acts chapter 2, it says here, they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying, one to another, what means this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is the third hour of the day. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. On my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what Joel said in chapter 2, verse 28. He never 
talked about tongues. He never talked about that you had to speak in an angelic tongue. He used the word prophesy. Used the word prophesy. Paul talks about uh, in the different in the church that he would that uh, everybody would prophesy because it edifies, it builds up, and it comforts. Do you understand that? This is the only incident in Acts chapter 2 where men came from all the nations under the sun. Do you hear me? Every nation known to man right now, from South America, North America, Canada, okay, the islands off the coast, all of Europe, all of Africa, and all Australia, all them people came to one place because God called them to worship. Some of those people did not speak Hebrew anymore. If you move, if somebody, uh, one thing I noticed about some of my Latino friends, Latino friends that have been from Mexico, their children are not growing up learning Spanish anymore. They are learning American. And I asked them, how come your kid doesn't speak Spanish? That's your culture, that's your nature. They don't want to learn it. It happens when you move places. God scattered Israel all around the world. But he came unto his own. And his own received him not. So when he died and Pentecost came, 50 days later, the Gentiles called it 50. The Hebrews called it the Feast, the feast of Weeks. So when all these men came from all over the world, and they came to one spot. There was clicks. Because I couldn't understand you and you couldn't understand me and we couldn't understand them. But we know who God is. Because written in the scriptures, he was the one that when the people started to build their tower, he caused them to speak in other languages. He caused them to speak in other languages. And it made them become a click. I couldn't understand Thomas anymore. Thomas couldn't understand me, but I could understand AJ. So me and AJ started to talk. Thomas and Sheila started to talk. They got hooked up had kids. Corinthians started talking to Zoe because she couldn't talk to, to Junior. Layla started talking to somebody else out in the hallway because she couldn't talk to none of us. That's what happened. They said, how do we hear these people in our native tongue? But listen, what they are saying to us, which is verse 11 of Acts chapter 2, is the wonderful works of God. What God has done, how the Mashiach died. And now Joel prophesied in chapter 2, verse 28, that in the last days that God will pour his spirit out upon all flesh. They were wondering what was going on. And Peter, standing up with the 11, explained to these Hebrew men and women. He said, hey, hey, hey. Stop thinking something strange. And he began to testify to them what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And said, this is happening in your midst right now. And they were in awe. And he began to preach more. He began after that to preach Jesus to them. That's what happens afterwards. He starts to talk about how 
the people, the Hebrews rejected him and they turned him over to the Gentiles and the Gentiles hung him on their cross. Not on God's cross. They hung him on, listen, if I'm an Eagles fan and you're a Cowboys fan, you took Jesus and hung him on your star because that was the God you served. The, the, the cross, the ankh. The resurrection, the life is what the Egyptians called it. They hung him on their stuff. Took him to Dallas Stadium. You hung him up on the star for all the world to see. And you smacked him and you beat him. And you said, prophesy to us. That's what they said. Go back and read it. The Hebrews didn't kill him. If the Hebrews would have killed him, they would have stoned him. Because that's what the Hebrews were known for doing from way back in Moses' day. They would throw you down into a pit. Ask Paul. Because they threw Paul down into a pit. Ask Stephen. Because they picked him up and they threw him into a pit. And they all picked up boulders or rocks as heavy as they could carry. And they threw it on you and they killed you that way. That was the way Hebrews killed you. But the Gentiles had their own way of killing you. When Paul testified to the king that it's not lawful for him to be with his brother's wife, their way of execution, they cut his head off. That was the way they executed. But the way the Hebrews executed you was by stoning. So Peter preached Jesus to these men that were there. There was a lot of men there that came from different countries, but only 3,000 souls were saved that day. So people have preached to you. The miracle of God changing Layla's English into Spanish, AJ's English into Portuguese for a moment to be able to preach the gospel to men that came from all over the world so they could understand what was happening. It was just for a moment. It was just a moment. Do you hear me? It was just a moment so that everybody could be on one accord. So they could hear the gospel for themselves, the good news. So like Joe said, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And prophesying has happened since the beginning when the Holy Spirit came upon men and women. We will look at that today. In Cornelius's time, they didn't have to speak in tongues at Cornelius's house because Cornelius and his family spoke the same language as Peter. Peter didn't use an interpreter when he went to Cornelius's house. Acts chapter 10. He began to explain to them about Jesus the same way. The second part of this thing after he begins to talk to them about the Holy Spirit, about Joel chapter 2 verse 28, he begins to preach to them Jesus. And when he gets to Cornelius' house, he begins to preach to them Jesus. He says, you know who Jesus is. He went around healing all those that were oppressed by the devil. And he started to explain Jesus to them, speaking in his own native tongue to them. And they could hear him. Nobody was translating. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit fell and they began to prophesy. And they didn't have to prophesy in a different language because Peter said, yo, it was just like the beginning. All of a sudden, I was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell, and they started to prophesy. When Mary went to go visit Elizabeth and Zacharias, 
Elizabeth didn't come out speaking in an unknown tongue to Mary. Because God is not the author of confusion. And in Acts chapter 2, God was not confusing all the men that came out of different nations. He made sure they heard it in their own native tongue. So they would make no mistake, people. Everything that Moses and the prophets preached is happening right now in these last days, which was prophesied by Joel in chapter 2, verse 28. That is literally the truth. And Paul begins to talk to the church that if somebody is in the church, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul begins to talk about the different gifts and the different things going on in the church because sometimes people would speak, but there was no interpreter. And Paul says, nobody can say amen to that. There must be an interpreter. If there is no interpreter in the church, they tell that individual to keep their mouth shut. And he turns around and says, I would that you would prophesy because the whole church is edified together with prophesying. Amen? Now let's go back to the beginning. We're going to go back to Numbers chapter 11. We got to go back to the book, the Torah, which is teaching and what? Instruction. That the man of God, Paul, talks to Timothy shall be what? Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God does not change. But keep, people keep trying to make a different God. But like he says, he is the Lord God of the Hebrews. He says it back in Exodus. We see him when he's talking to Moses. He says, I'm God almighty. He said, your fathers on the other side of the flood knew me as God Almighty. When he was talking to Pharaoh, he said, Moses, I'm the Lord God of the Hebrews. Go tell him who I am. And then he said, call me Jehovah. I am. All right. Got to know what's going on here. So in Numbers chapter 11, something Happens and it kind of reminds me of Jesus because Moses is a type of Christ. He's not Jesus. He's a man. Used sometimes, just like uh, uh, Joseph was used to kind of be a type of Christ to try to explain some things. That's the only way I can put it to you to, the, to this day. So in, in Numbers chapter 11, Moses is with the children of Israel out in the wilderness. And people were tripping like they normally do. And I tell people today that he's the Lord our God, he changes not. So in the beginning of chapter 11, the people are murmuring and talking noise like they do, complaining. Now, one thing we do have to understand is that Jesus is the head of the church. We see it in the book of Revelation. I'm he who walks through the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. You and I are the temple of what? The Holy Spirit. So if you look inside of us, if you can examine us, matter of fact, I don't know if Thomas got an x-ray or a cat scanner, so they might have saw seven golden candlesticks inside his chest. Because being a believer, that's where the Holy Spirit went into the tabernacle and filled the tabernacle with its presence. 
The seven golden candlesticks. That's what Jesus says. I am he who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Paul writes that the husband is what? The head of the wife, like Christ is the head of the church. So stop looking to people. Here, even though Moses is the prophet of the Lord, in Numbers chapter 11, when the people started murmuring, Moses didn't pull out the 4-4 and start shooting like Biggie. God sent fire and started to kill the people in the church. Matter of fact, we read about Ananias and his wife in the book of Acts, don't we? It wasn't one of the apostles that pulled out a sword and killed Ananias and then killed his wife. It says the Holy Spirit is what Peter said, killed Ananias and his wife. We better be able to understand that God, listen, the same God that destroyed the earth is the same God that's coming back to destroy it with fire. Do you hear what I'm saying? I hope you understand what I'm saying. People get you caught up in love and all that stuff. Well, I'm t- I know God so loved the world, but God also, what's, what, did, what did James Brown say? Papa, don't take no mess. All right? So there's a lot of false prophets in the world. We got to get this word right. We got to get it right. But anyway, the children of Israel complaining because all they had was manna to eat. And sometimes the children of Israel are still complaining because all we have is this scripture to eat. And we still want television and all this other stuff. But the the Lord still says this book of the law should not depart out of thy mouth. Verse 10 of Numbers chapter 11. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families. Every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore has you afflicted your servant? Why have you done this to me? And wherefore have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all these people upon me? Listen, Moses is telling you this morning, I'm not the Christ. How can you lay all this burden on me? I'm not able to bear it. I can't do it. Have I conceived all these people? Is what Moses is saying. Have I begotten them? That you should say unto me, carry them in thy bosom as a nursing father beareth a sucking child unto the land which you swore unto their fathers? Whence should I have flesh to give unto these people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. Moses is like, I am not God. Excuse me, my little nose starts going. He says, I ain't God. These people, there's such a burden here because of the stress of the position that Moses is in. I never once saw Jesus complain because of all the people that came to him all hours of the day, pressing upon him. The woman crawling on her knees, touching the hem of his garment. The 5,000 men that were fed, let alone the women and children. The mother weeping, falling behind her son's coffin. I never saw Jesus get wore down, but Moses is wore down. And Moses begins to tell the Lord, if I had wings, take me on home. He tells the Lord, I'm ready to go. Kill me right now. That's what he says. I don't have flesh to give unto all this people, for they weep unto me, saying, give us flesh that we may eat. 
I, verse 14, I am not able to bear all this people alone because it's too heavy for me. If you deal thus with me, if this is how you're going to treat me, God, then kill me, I pray thee, out of your hand. If I have found favor in your sight, if I found favor in your sight, then take me on home. I'm good. I'm done. I've done my assignment. The children of Israel are out of Egypt. And let me not see my wretchedness. And the Lord said unto Moses, gather unto me 70 men. Kind of like Jesus. You hear me? Gather 70 men. He says, get 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know is to be elders of the people and officers over them and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there with me. Get 70 men. 70 was always a picture of Israel of all the men. There were 70 nations that they recognized. 70. There were 70 people that went into Egypt. Am I right? There were 70 people that went into Egypt and, and over a million came out. So he's getting get 70 men, which is symbolic of the nations that are on the planet at that time. And I will come down and talk with you there and I will take of the spirit which is upon thee and will put it upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee that thou bear it not thyself alone. You hear me? The spirit of God that is on Moses, the Holy Spirit that is on Moses. Moses says, I am not able to bear these people. But right here is the beginning of God using the Holy Spirit. Corinthians taught about that in Sunday school, how God was the one who ordained judges and appointed people, men, uh, to oversee, to help. This is, this is it right here. Something that was talked about with Moses' father-in-law, now we see the Spirit of God come down and 70 men, just like he would send the 70. He sent them by twos out there. And he says, behold, I give you what? Power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy. The same power that is coming on these men is the same power that Jesus gives his disciples in the book. Amen? Amen. Now let's go to John chapter 14. And we'll go some more. There's a whole bunch of stuff in the scriptures about prophecy. You hear me? Or to prophesy. There is a whole bunch. But we want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Our emphasis is on the Holy Spirit. That precious Holy Spirit that the book of Genesis talks about. That precious Holy Spirit that Moses talks to everybody about. The precious Holy Spirit that we see operating mightily in the scriptures. But like Joel said, your sons and daughters, servants and handmaidens will prophesy. I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh. What does that mean to us? Well, we know that Eve is the mother of all that's living. Israel thought it was going to be just them that the spirit of God was poured out on. But it wasn't. Because once uh, God sent Peter to Cornelius, all flesh came in. We're just watching the scripture being fulfilled. Please do not think that speaking in tongues is what Joel is saying is evidence of the Holy Spirit. All right? 
just at that time, because of all the men and women that were under the, that all the nations that were represented, it was necessary for the spirit of God to speak the wonderful works of God to each and every one of them. With us, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. I've got a, a language app on my phone that'll help me if I had to preach in Portugal to, to speak Portuguese. Amen? Amen? I can speak it in a little thing we translate it. All right? It's real out here. This is not the Holy Spirit. This is just the phone. May look like the Holy Spirit, may act like the Holy Spirit sometimes, but it ain't the Holy Spirit, all right? So the Spirit of God, do I have the Holy Spirit in my life? One of the evidences of the Holy Spirit is prophesy. It builds the church up. It built up Mary when she ran to Elizabeth's house. She never got a chance to tell Elizabeth what was going on, but Elizabeth encouraged her that day and edified her that day and comforted her that day. Amen. Jesus himself talks about the Holy Spirit. And he, when he, if you get a chance to read John, John remembers all the things that he says. And it's very powerful what he says. And we're going to read just a couple of scriptures in the book. We're going to start at 14, um, verse 15. These are things that you have been over before. You're the Bible study group, so you guys get more than everybody else. The other people, I have to start at the beginning. But y'all, we just, we just break out and start doing it because you've seen it before. It says here in verse 15 of John chapter 14, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he'll give you another comforter. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And he begins to explain to them in a little while, you won't see me, but then you'll see me. Amen. Amen. And at first, uh, uh, let's say here, 25. These things have I spoken unto you, being present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Amen? He's talking about the Holy Spirit here. Let's go to chapter 16. So we can drive this home because I tell you right now, you know what's, 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 I was thinking about that this morning because for the past couple of months, I want to say maybe from September on until, uh, you know, the end of uh, Christmas, one of the things I prayed for the church, you ever sit back and you look over your family, you know, you look over things, you look over your brothers and sisters, you're thinking about it. And I say, Lord, you know, one thing that is lacking and missing is the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. You know how we talk about if a father would, would um, if a son asks his father for a fish, will he give him a stone? How much more would the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to all them that ask? It is so important to have the Spirit of God in your life. All these things that we're about to, that John is going to explain to you and I are very, very important. What he was talking about in 14, that you don't need no man to teach you. That the Holy Spirit if you spend time with God, 
Husbands, love your wives according to knowledge. That means that it's not about climbing the corporate ladder. It's not about your fancy car. It's you got to communicate with your wife. You got to leave your soul car. When a man loves a woman, he turns his back on his friends. Spend time with your wife. Get to know your wife. Wife, get to know your husband. Spend time. Communication is the most precious thing in a marriage. There's nothing else trumps communication. There's nothing. You have to be able to talk to one another. You have to be able to communicate. In season and out of season, that means in tough times and in good times, you have to know how to communicate. We as believers have to know how to communicate with one another. It's all well and fine. We in here singing and having a good time. But when tough things happen, we have to be able to go to each other and humble ourselves and begin to communicate with one another. Because that's what get us through. None of us are over one another. Jesus is the head of this church. I don't know about the other churches. Maybe they got some guy that's the head of the church. I'm not the head of the church. I'm a brother just like you. Just like you, I'm no different. We got a daddy. And he walks through the midst of the seven golden candlesticks and he has no problem shutting someone down it wasn't the 12 that shut down Ananias and his wife they said why did you deceive the Holy Spirit they were just telling people what the Spirit of God was saying the Spirit of God was like yo yo Sheila tell them that uh, I ain't no joke the Holy Spirit said that he ain't no joke and people were just dying just like that Moses had to pray to stop the fire back in Numbers chapter 11. Lord, please don't kill no more. Because God just started killing. He is the ultimate authority in this church. No man, no woman is the ultimate authority. He is alive and well. He is not dead. 16. Verse, uh, Jesus talks about in verse 5, he says, But now I go my way to him that sent me. None of you ask me, <laughs> where goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you that, I tell you the truth. It is expedient, it is so necessary for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart... I will send him unto you. Jesus, what did you just say? He said, I will send him to you. It's important for me to die and rise again and sit on the right hand of the Father. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. Is that what he says? But in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it says, In those days I will pour my spirit. I will pour my spirit out upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. So God is saying what he's going to do. And John is writing to you and I here that Jesus is sitting in front of his face saying, it's important for me to leave. I know you're sad. You're listening to me telling you that I'm leaving you and your heart is getting all broken. Some people's eyes are filling up with tears because the king is telling you I've got to go. But they don't understand it. They don't understand the scriptures because we sometimes don't understand the scriptures. And it takes the spirit of God to come in our life to begin to open up the scriptures like Paul told Timothy, you know the scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. This is so important to me, spending time with God to explain to you, if I can, about the Holy Spirit. 
Because nobody's going to make it without the Holy Spirit. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. He will say, hey, it is not lawful for you to be laid up with your brother's wife. Of righteousness and of judgment, of sin, of sin. Because what is the greatest sin? What is the greatest sin? It's what you believe is the greatest sin. Everything else can be forgiven but to blaspheme or to even believe that the spirit of God is not even real and to reject the Mashiach is certain death. He says of sin because they believe not on me. That's the sin. That's the greatest sin he's talking about because you don't even believe who I am of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Listen, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Abraham believed God, and that's what made him righteous. So the first scripture is, sin is not to believe, but of righteousness because I go to my father. If you believe that, you are righteous. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. What are you talking about, Jesus? He says, I got many things to say to you. And to me and to everybody else that will ever come to him. But we can't bear it right now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth is come. When the spirit of God comes in our life, he will guide me. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. (coughs) Excuse me. But whatsoever he shall hear, shall he speak and he will show you things to come. You will prophesy. Prophesying is Corinthia. Thus saith the Lord. In six months, God will break you from that and establish you and give you the job that you've been praying about. That job where you'll be driving. And everybody in the room will look at you like, what, six months later it happens? Because the Spirit of God prophesied it. It encouraged Corinthia because we don't know what's going on in Corinthia's heart. We don't know how sad Corinthia is. We don't know that Corinthia that day was one step away from jumping off the bridge (laughs) because she was like, God ain't showing up. God don't love me. God, But I tell you right now, in the midst of the church, the Holy Spirit began to speak and Corinthia was so encouraged And I'm telling you right now, she woke up every day with purpose because she believed God. And that's what made her righteous. And she was looking to the hills, which cometh her help. She didn't know how it was going to happen, but she believed that God was going to bless her with the job. And she was going to be driving out of the blue. The last day of the sixth month, she said, well, I guess he ain't showing up. And next thing you know, somebody says, hey, young lady, I need somebody to drive. Do you drive? And next thing you know, she's driving taxi cabs. She went from taxi cabs to driving big wheels. Next thing you know, she's going all across the world driving big wheels, and she's testifying to everybody and everywhere she goes about how God gave her that job and how he blessed her and how he loved her, and he was the only one that knew what was going on inside of her heart. Verse 14 says that when the Spirit of God comes in your life, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive a mind and show it unto you. He will take what Jesus has and show us all things that the father has 
are mine, Jesus says. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. So Jesus, are you the father? Nathaniel, I will smack you so hard if you ask me who the father is. Have I been so long with you that you don't know who the father is? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, not two, not three. You see, Jesus said, if you see me, you've seen my father. That's what he says. A little while and you shall not see me. And again, a little while and you shall see me because I go unto the father. And I know I got more to, to talk to you about. But everything has to make sense. He's the Lord, our God. He changes not. So why is evidence of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues when he explains to you right now? How be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth for what he shall not speak of himself. But whatever he shall hear, he shall speak and he will show you things to come to prophesy is to the Holy Spirit speaks through you. He inspires you to speak something like he inspired Elizabeth to speak and it edifies and exhorts and it comforts the believer. In the church, he put first apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ and it's the spirit of God according to Jesus while he is sitting on the right hand always making intercession for you and I the spirit of God's job is to come down here and to fill us forever he said that he will baptize us fill us forever and he'll begin to lead us and guide us into all truth and show us things to come show us what's going to happen in the future that's the spirit of God's job so somebody brought in tongues and confused the body of Christ and took us in a different direction than when Moses preached. Moses taught us in Numbers eleven twenty seven. 27. Amen? It talks about Joshua later on is envious. Turn back to Numbers chapter 11. I just want to show you Joshua, how Joshua was upset because when he came to Moses... It says here in verse uh, 27, there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad do prophesy in the camp. They are prophesying just like Joel chapter 2 verse 28, just like Acts chapter 2. They are prophesying in the camp. Who was the only one to prophesy in the camp? It was Moses. But the spirit had came off of Moses. And started, got onto the 70 and also these two young men. And they are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, of his young men, answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. And Moses said unto him, Envious, you for my sake? Are you jealous of these men prophesying? Because you feel as though I'm the only one that should be prophesying? That's what he's saying. You ever have a friend of yours that's the quarterback on the football team and he's really good and all of a sudden there's another kid that shows up and I'm telling you right now, that boy can throw the rock. Oh boy, that boy can throw the rock and he fast too. 
And the coaches are in awe of him just like they're in awe of you. And one of your friends come up and said, that guy right there, man, thinks he's all that. Don't he? And you turn to them and say, are you jealous of him for me? Man, I wish the whole team could throw the rock. It would take a lot of pressure off of me. They wouldn't know what hit them. One minute, AJ is throwing the ball. The next minute, Junior is throwing the ball. The next minute, Thomas is throwing the ball. They're like, well, who is the quarterback? Because each one of these guys are good. They're scoring on us left and right every time. Listen, they throw the ball over to the flat, and the guy in the flat throws the ball back to the other side of the end zone. Who is the quarterback on the team? And that's the way the church should be. The church in the New Testament, it talks about how they were on one accord. They were all had one mindset. They didn't care who was going to preach that day. Whatever you want to do, Holy Spirit, we're following you and mighty things happen. Amen. And Moses said unto him, envious you for my sake, would God that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Moses' prayer is Joel chapter 2, verse 28. I would that all of God's people would be prophets and that he would put his spirit upon all of them. Do you read that? Or maybe it's just me. So Moses is like, I would that the spirit of God would be on Junior and on Zoe. Layla, Corinthia, Thomas, Sheila, Carolyn, all those that come to church. I hope and pray that God puts his spirit on all of them. And then listen, it happened in Acts chapter 2. The church was on one accord in an upper room. And it sounded like a rushing mighty wind. And it looked like a little fire was on everybody's head. And they all were, they all were filled with the spirit of God and begin to prophesy. All right? It has to be according to scripture. It has to be according to scripture. I hope this is helping you because some of us sit back and we listen to different people and we got people out here singing and they got to start speaking in tongues, evidence of the Holy Spirit. No, evidence of the Holy Spirit is something totally different. We got to get into the fruit of the spirit. Because when the Spirit of God comes in your life, man, you're able to forgive people. You're able to forgive and be forgiven because some of us can't forgive ourselves for the things that we have done. And it takes the Spirit of God in our life to lead us and guide us into all truth. The truth will do what? And he's the Spirit of truth. The Spirit of truth in your life will set you free. Pray to the Father that he would send the Holy Spirit to you. It's been my prayer for the church, that you are so full of the Holy Spirit that things begin to change in your life. No longer listening to Pastor Mark or Sheila or, or Thomas or Corinthian. You need not that any man teach you. The Spirit of God that is in you is ushering you into your room and you're closing the door and you're spending the time reading this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have great success. I pray that anybody can hear me. I pray anybody can hear me because there's been a lot of doctrine for a lot of years. But I'm talking about the same God 
that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, the same God that spoke to Abraham and told him to get up out of his country, the same God that changed Jacob's name to Israel and led him away from his family and brought him back. And he said, surely, Lord, if you do all this, I'll give you a tenth of all that I have. Surely, Lord, if you do this, I'll give you a tenth of all that I have. I don't know how else to explain it. Holy Spirit, if he feels like doing some more, he will. But I am talking to men and women about the things that God is sharing with me. And all these years, I've been spending time with him. Sometimes we think we know, but we don't know. But the more time we spend in prayer, we'll find ourselves have to go to his word. And that word will set us free. Amen.